Welcome to Agent Blue, your comic book explosion podcast. I'm George Green. I'm Michael Bonanno III. And today we're talking about Flashpoint featuring Batman and... The, the Thanos story that actually started um, like beginning of last year, maybe the end of 2016. Alright, so, so uh, let's begin. Okay, before we get into the stories, we have some news for you. From now on, you will be able to pick up each and every single comic that we talk about in this show with our podcast on the website mb-3d.com forward slash agent-blue. You will be able to pick it up, and as well as if you enjoy the Jesus Notes that I do, you can also get that for 99 cents elongated after the podcast. All right, let's begin. So, Flashpoint featuring Batman. I only did the first two um, characters in this book because each character had like four issues, and I was like, that is yeah, that, I mean, too long. It does look a little thick to really be getting into. Yeah, so we start off with uh, obviously Batman. Um, in this storyline, Batman isn't Bruce Wayne. We've talked about Flashpoint uh, several times throughout our history of talking about DC Comics. But here we go. So in this universe, Thomas Wayne is Batman. And he is a casino owner, not a um, doctor, not a Wayne Tech Enterprises. It's Wayne Casino. So it starts off with him him being Thomas having to go through um, therapy so he can actually get his license back to run his casino. In this world, Oswald Cobblepot, the penguin, is not the penguin and he is not evil, but instead he is a affiliate and friend of Thomas Wayne. We also have Jim Gordon who works alongside and he is the only one who knows who Thomas Wayne really is, the Batman. In this story, Harvey Dent's kids have been captured. They're twins. And they've been captured by the Joker. Um, so you go through the story, and Harvey Dent is pretty much hanging Wayne's career over his head. Nice. If he doesn't nice. find his kids, he will destroy his, um... Everything. His everything. His everything. Now, what is Harvey Dent... In this universe, is he still Harvey Dent? As he's still Harvey Dent. Harvey as Dent he's still Harvey Dent, the DA, the district attorney. Um, clearly, not even close to becoming Two Face, but I mean, maybe he is a little bit Two Faced, you know. But his yes. kids are missing. Yeah, his two children are missing. You know, one boy, one girl. You know. The only way he can deal with it is to lash out in anger. I get that. I understand. That's understandable. I mean, you would be angry if your kids got kidnapped by you know the Joker who I'm assuming in this universe is still pretty bad very bad you know, so getting I'm, your kids kidnapped my, by the Joker you'd be like oh they're gonna they're gonna be dead in my opinion judging by what I've read I feel like the Joker is worse in this universe than no. the Joker is in the main DC universe well I mean that could, that could make sense but my question was gonna be um, does Harvey Dent know that Thomas Wayne is Batman as well no, no. nobody knows Thomas Wayne is Batman except for Jim Gordon well um, then why is it 
Why is it Thomas Wayne's problem? Well, Jim Gordon got uh, Thomas Wayne and told him what was going on because he knows he's the Batman. Gotcha. Told him what was going on. They knew it was the Joker. And you don't know who the Joker is, but... But we know who the Joker is. Yes. Yeah, I get that. I get that. It's reader's irony. Yes. Well, you're not even supposed to know. Us as readers already have... uh, known if because it's been out for years but But when you were reading this you didn't know who the Joker (laughs) was so Jim Gordon goes to Oracle who is Selena Kyle in this universe he was unable to have kids and never got married so Barbara Gordon doesn't exist Um, it's Selena Kyle and she's paraplegic and she's Oracle Um, as Jim is using Oracle to find out what he can to find the Joker Thomas is going throughout uh, Gotham and also trying to find his own leads. The Batman comes across Killer Croc and they have a battle which uh, goes across many, many panels and very close to Thomas dying. But the fact that he kept remembering the day his son died, which is Bruce, um, in this universe, Bruce died. He was able to fight and win. He sliced Killer Croc's head in half and crocodile broke out. soup. Yep, crocodile soup. Oracle calls Batman and tells him where the last sighting of Joker's car was. Knowing where that is, knowing the fact that where the car was parked, he knew the only way and only place that Joker could be is the old Wayne Manor back when his family was alive. So, he goes in, and what you find out prior to this is Jim Gordon also found uh, the Joker and the two kids. He knew where it was, walked in, and thought he saw the Joker pointing a gun at Harvey Dent's son. So, he shot the Joker. But it wasn't the Joker. Nice. That's always, that's always a, fun, a fun thing to happen, right? It was, a, it was Harvey Dent's daughter. You should know this by now. The Joker's not stupid. The Joker tied up, bound, gagged the daughter to make her look like the Joker. Joker's a little kinky in this one, isn't she? Pointing at guns at Harvey's son. And, uh, sure, you can say that she's kinky. And she definitely hasn't had love in a while. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when your son dies. Yeah. So, he realizes that it's Harvey's daughter. And Joker comes out from behind and slices Jim Gordon's throat. Well, at least he didn't have to live with that girl for very long. Yeah. She wasn't dead yet. Bruce, not Bruce, it's Thomas. Thomas shows up and screams, What have you done, Martha? That is when, as a reader, you find out that Martha Wayne has been the Joker this whole time. Yes, audience member. <laughs> um, he goes up the stairs and sees poor little Dent daughter dying. Rips off the tape that was making her look like she was smiling. And he tries to fix her. Because he's still a doctor. He still has the uh, credentials to be a doctor. So he's trying to help her. 
And then the Joker comes out from behind and starts smashing him in the head with a hammer. While he's trying to help. Of course, he has more flashbacks when she says, Batman, I'm cold. Remembering when Bruce said that very same thing to his dad. He unfortunately has to let the daughter die. Well, he doesn't have to. He just failed at saving the daughter. And jumps out of the window with the Joker. Um, she uh, reveals that all she wants out of life is a world where Thomas Wayne doesn't exist. He says, would a world where neither of, ex- neither of us exist work? She says, well, she doesn't say yes, but she nods. And he recounts the events of the actual story of Batman, where Thomas and Martha die, and Bruce becomes Batman. Once she finds out that Bruce becomes Batman, she runs away, slips into a hole with bats, and she breaks her neck. And that's how that story ended. Do, does she die? Oh, she died. Okay. She died. I mean, you said she broke her neck. I mean, Batman broke his back. You know, you've seen many people in comics do some things that they should not have survived from. Well, regardless... I mean, look at Cyborg. You physically, it's impossible to survive turning into a robot. But... He's cool. He's cool. So they're like, you know what? Screw it. He's cool. Let him be a superhero. He told... Uh, Mar- you know, she is a bad guy. Yeah. Bad guys, usually when they die, they die. And it's also hysterical to note that the first appearance of the original Joker, he died. But because he was so popular, they had to bring him back. And I feel like this is a very good callback to the fact that Joker died in his first appearance to have Joker die in her <coughs> first appearance. Um... The only way he was able to state how Batman actually became in the real world of Batman was the fact that he had met Barry Allen at this point. Right. Uh, if you know the story of Flashpoint, Barry Allen, the Flash, comes and comes to Thomas Throws for help. their whole world upside down. Yes. No, it, wasn't a, it was already upside down to begin with. Yeah. And so from that point, uh, Batman goes on to the rest of the story of the real Flashpoint event that we all remember so well and the DC TV universe screwed up (laughs) anyways so after that we head to Deadman and the Flying Graysons in this world uh, Dick Grayson, Robin his parents did not die they still worked at Haley Circus up into the war unfortunately they have been trapped yeah the war between Atlanteans and the Amazon warriors. They're stuck in Europe because the war between the Atlanteans and Amazon uh, caused the bridges and everything to collapse. The oceans have stopped the ability for people to come back and forth between different countries. Yeah, I mean, if somebody who ruled the entire ocean decided let's stop letting everybody use the ocean, it'd be a really bad thing. Yeah. It'd be a really bad thing. Like, really bad. So they do a show in Austria and leave. Um, the Amazons show up, grab the guy who was hosting them in Austria, and asks, where is the helmet of fate? Because in this world, Kent Nelson is part of the Haley Circus as Dr. Fate. Uh, you're still using um, the helm of fate. And you see throughout the story that Kent Nelson is kind of torn because he actually knows that this world isn't right that fates were denied and the League of Justice wasn't ever formed because of what happened in this universe. And so 
They're now in Switzerland, and here comes the Amazons ripping through the tents where the circus are, and Dick Grayson's mom dies. She falls from the flying trapeze and dies, and then everybody in the circus runs, and everybody <laughs> dies except for Dick Grayson, Broston Brand, the dead man, Kent Nelson, uh, John Dick's father, and no, that's Ragman. Ragman. They get saved by Vertigo, who in the main DC universe is Count Vertigo, a villain. Um, but in this world, he's part of the Resistance. He helps them all, and they run away. They make it to safety, but John dies, and Kent dies. So they now have the Helmet of Fate with a dead body of Dick Grayson's father. They now have to run away, so they do, and the Amazonians break Ragman's back to see how flexible Ragman actually is, and they stab Count Vertigo straight through. Boston and Dick are the only ones left, and the Amazons decide, let's reveal our secret weapon to burn down the city. And whatever is left will only be the Helmet of Fate, because that is the only indestructible thing that they have. And that secret weapon... Starfire. Dun, dun, dun. Starfire. You know, the girl Dick Grayson has on and off relations with. Yeah. This time I think it's off right now. Yeah, it's, it's definitely off in this world. So, Boston and Dick run away, but Starfire blows up a car, and Boston dies and becomes the dead man that we know and love. Love being a strong word. <laughs> from the main DC universe. But because he promised John Dick's father that he would stay with him, even through death, he remained to be a guardian angel for Dick Grayson. Afterwards, um, Dick Grayson makes it to the resistance with the helmet of fate <laughs> and claims the name Dr. Fate after the newly deceased Kent Nelson. And that's the end. Golf club. Golf club. <laughs> Very interesting story, especially Dick Grayson becoming the new Doctor of Fate. I mean, he really has no magic background. Not at all. Not even mystical, so it would just be weird for him to team up with uh, Naboo. That... And you get a sense in this uh, universe that nobody actually knows, that nobody in the circus knows just how mystical the Helmet of Fate actually is. Maybe they don't. I just can't believe that Superman's mom was a Joker. Batman's mom. Okay. Anywho. <clears throat> you can tell the Thanos story, and then I'll get into the Jesus notes for Flashpoint. Now we get on to the fun stuff. Alright, so now we're going to continue the podcast with Michael's hurt feelings and me telling you guys the story of uh, Thanos and... This guy not only is a big bad guy, but he's got lots of problems right now. All right, let's, we're going to be honest with you. So after the whole Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, after all that stuff happened, all right, Thanos is gone, nowhere to be found. So there's a there's a power struggle between like some of his uh, more evil, I would say, um, lackeys. You know, I get you. Really, it's a power struggle between 
Corvius Glaive and Ebony Ma and Thane. Um, For those of them who don't know, I was gonna tell them. All right, we're getting into the story here. Uh, Corvius Glaive is pretty much Thanos's right hand. Um, Ebony Ma is kind of also Thanos's left hand. So it's it's you know they're they're like his. Thanos doesn't lift a finger. Anymore. Yeah, really, he doesn't. Lift, he he never lifts a finger, but he's gone now. So they're trying to take. Corvius Glaive is trying to take over the Black Quadrant. Ebony Ma is trying to help Thane take the Black Quadrant for him because technically it's his birthright. You know, he, Thanos built up this kingdom. It's only right that his son take it over. Classic story. Classic story. Well, Corvius Glaive was like, now this is mine now. And he just did away with Ebony Ma. And, Long live the kid. Yeah, pretty much. And then took all of Thane's power. Thane's got no powers. He's just a regular old alien weird mutant kind of thing um, and gets locked up by Corvius Glaive and this is where Thane meets uh, Tycho the, the self-proclaimed champion of the universe and you know at first they're not really the best of friends but they're locked in a um, cell together so they kind of you know, after months and months go by they start to become friends well six months go by and Corvius Glaive finally comes to meet up with Thane to just to rub it more in his face, and he notices that they're they're both you know having a bad time because they're in prison, but they're they're friends. And Corvius Glaive's like, "No, nah, this doesn't work." So he pulls Thane out of the cell and drops him in a hole. Pretty much, he's in a, a black room. There's nothing there, and he's been in this room for like six months. All right, he's going crazy. There's like panels on panels on panels of him just losing his mind. He barely has any food, no water. There's no bathroom. It's just gross. That's inhumane. It's very inhumane. But he's also, they're not humans. They're not humans. Yeah. So, um, and then Lady Death shows up. Ah, the old love of Thanos the and old Deadpool. Love of Thanos and Deadpool. That whole love triangle work in there. Well, Lady Death pretty much tells Thane like, hey. I see you're having some trouble. You help me. I help you. I'll get you out of here. And she pretty much tells him his her plan to, to kill Thanos. Alright, but well, you don't know this plan yet. Because it's just kind of like implied. So Thane's like, alright, I'll do this. But one condition. We gotta go get you know, Tycho. Champion of the universe. You know, his, his good old pal. So they go. They get him. And Thane pretty much tells him his story and what has to be done. A couple months go by. Tycho goes to find Starfox, um, Thane's uncle, Thanos' brother. And one of the characters in the Marvel Universes whose power <laughs> is literally just making people do whatever he wish. And usually it's sexually. Did yeah. You, did you not know that? No, I knew that. I was going to tell you that it's kind of where he found him. Oh, of he was, course. He was under a pile of women. Oh, um, of course he was. I'm a player. player, player. So, <laughs> Tycho pretty much tells him that, hey, you know, your nephew wants to see you. I need you to come with me. And Starbox is like, well, I'm kind of busy. And he's like, well, it's, it's kind of important. So he's like, you know what? Whatever. I got nothing else to do. I'll, I'll humor you. And he goes on a ship with Tycho to where 
Thane is. And he tells them that uh, they got one more stop to make, and then they'll go. And Star Fox is asking them, what's this plan? And he's like, oh, it's, it's definitely a plan, all right. And he tells them it's to kill his brother, Thanos. And they're like, well, this is not going to work, but they're already on the way. Might as well hear them out. Um, We've gone too far. We can't turn back now. Right. So while all of this going is going on, simultaneously, Thanos decides to show back up. And he first heads to the Black Quadrant and just kind of waltzes right in and sees Corvius Glaive sitting there in his throne. And Thanos is not happy. Not even slightly. Corvius Glaive kind of plays it off like, oh, I was, you know, making sure your kingdom stayed safe, but it's mine now. And Thanos is just kind of like, yeah, no, I'm going to kill you now. And beats the piss out of him. Right? Breaks his, his little... Scythe, staff, sharp stick thing. I don't really know what you want to call it. Uh, and then looks at Corvius Glaive and says, if you want to redeem yourself, you can kill yourself now. Or I'll torture you until I feel like it's time for you to die. So Corvius Glaive kills himself. Uh, and at the end of this book, you learn that there's something very wrong with Thanos. Um, you learn that Thanos is dying. He's sick. He knows he's sick. He's got something rotting in him. And it's not a matter of time before. He gets to unite with his love, Lady Death, who doesn't love him at all. Yeah. So, now you have Tycho and Star Fox traveling across the universe. And they end up at a ship. And in said ship is... Nebula causing a, a whole lot of ruckus trying to steal some stuff. Well, they kind of jump out the ship, catch her, and like, hey, come with us real quick, and just kind of kidnap her and leave. They show up to Thane, and Thane kind of tells them, like, hey, we're going to go kill Thanos. And they're all like, yeah, you know this isn't going to work, right? He's like, you know, no, you know, he's dying. We're going to be able to finish him off for good this time. We have one thing that we have to go and get, and it's on... Uh, Terex's ship. And he sets up a whole plan. He's telling pretty much Star Fox, like, hey, you got a, a very silver tongue. You go talk to, to Terex, and we'll go get... He claims it's a, a prisoner on his ship, but it, you'll soon find out that it's not. It's not. It's, it's, it's not. So, that plan goes into action. They decide to go for it. Back to Thanos. Thanos shows up to where his uh, father is. Okay? Okay. Asking for help. Because he knows he's dying. He wants to know what's going on. Now, I don't know if it's just because Thanos has got a big ego, but, like, you're pretty stupid going to your father who hates you because you've killed billions of people. Like, the biggest mass murderer in the universe's history. Good job. And he thought it was going to go over well. Well, the, uh... It, it didn't. It didn't go over well at all. And he was like, no, I'm not helping you. You know, you can go die in a hole for all I care. And Thanos is like, well, that's good to hear because now you're going to die. And punches a hole right through. Kills everybody die inside. through a hole. 
Died through a hole. Kills everybody inside. Well, Thanos, after killing his father, walks outside and sees the Shi'ar Imperial Guard outside of this building. And they're pretty much like, hey, you know, you shouldn't be here. And now we have to take you in. And Thanos is like, well, you can go ahead and drop. And so they, they get into a big old brawl. And there is like 15 people versus one. What they don't know going into this fight is like, you know, they're all talking to each other and there's a lot of like communication between the the the, the team, the Imperial Guard, and they're like, Okay, for whatever reason, we're really we're really doing some damage here. You know? Like they're really beating up Thanos. So they came in, they they're coming in full force because they think Thanos is gonna be a huge problem, but they're really he doesn't have the infinity gauntlets. He's well, I weakened. mean, still, with just his regular powers, he's very strong. But he is literally, like, not doing very good. He's taken out a couple, but not many. Not as many as he should. And by, like, their third string, they really got Thanos on the ropes. And this is where their big, their big head honcho gladiator comes in and just runs up, punches Thanos once, and he's out like a Christmas tree light bulb. Right. And they are like dumbfounded. Nobody thought that this would happen. So they're figuring something's wrong with Thanos. Like something is very wrong with Thanos because we just captured him. Well, as the reader, we know he's sick. Well, yeah, but they don't know he's sick. The only people that know he's sick is Thanos, Thane, and Lady Death because everybody else that knows he's sick, he killed. Um, that's how you keep news from that's spreading. That's how you keep news from spreading. That's exactly right. So Thanos ends up on a uh, prison ship in the middle of space. Um, and the interrogator, I guess, is really excited. You know, he's he really got a, a good guy to interrogate. He's going to really take a trophy and he takes Thanos' helmet. And he's like, this helmet's mine now. You know, this is my trophy. And he starts to torture Thanos. And he's just torturing him and torturing him and torturing him. And Thanos isn't saying a word. He's not moving. He's just taking it all. And the little thought bubbles come up. And he's just like, I just got to wait a couple more moments and this will be perfect. And pops up, grabs the guy's arm, rips it off, and uses his hand to open up the gates. And he's free. There is still a force field of like. Looks like chicken wire, but it's force field, and Thanos just kind of walks right through it. And the whole Imperial Guard is sitting there like, Thanos, we can't let you leave. And like Thanos fashion goes, watch me. Kills them all. Takes a ship. And leaves. Even sick, Thanos is a very hard guy to stop. Even when he's dying, he's hard to, he's hard to stop. So we're going to jump back to Thane's team on Terax's ship. Um... It appears that Silver Fox shows up alone, but we know that he didn't. And Thane, Tycho, and Nebula are running amok on the ship looking for the prison cell. And Star Fox is really just talking them up, you know, oh you got a nice ship, la da 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 we can we can help each other out, you know, I got some some information for you, but he's really just talking in circles. And Terax is like, Alright, you know what? I know what you're here for. I know you're not here to you know, to do any business with me, we have nothing in common. Like he's like, I have an army. You were just by yourself, and 
Star Fox knows he's caught, but he knows he's been talking to the team that they have found it. And he's like, well, yes, I have been stalling. And he's like, but I've been stalling for this. And he points up to the ceiling and an alarm goes off. And and Tycho punches through the door. And him and Nebula look at what's inside of this room. And they're like, Thane, what are you doing? Like, no, 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 no. Okay? No. Next panel turns, and it is the Phoenix, Phoenix Force egg. Oh, Lord. So it is the, the all the power of the Phoenix, Phoenix Force. Nebula looks at Thane, and she's like, you know, can't let you do this. Pulls out a gun, shoots him in the stomach three times, and he dies. Star Fox walks in. Terex runs in behind him. And Terex is like, oh, I'm not letting you take that. I've been working so hard on, you know, trying to get it open and whatnot. And Nebula's like, no, we're taking it, but we can't let anybody else have this power in the universe, you know. And Star Fox is trying to talk down the situation now because he knows they're on a ship with a, an army and there's three of them now, you know, because Thane's dead. And Lady Death just pops up out of nowhere and she's like, the reason he can open up the Phoenix egg is because someone has to die and be reborn and that's when Thane pops back up with the full power of the Phoenix Force well at least it wasn't Thanos it's just as bad it's just as bad because right, it doesn't all really say goal. what happens next you just know that when you see Thane next he's only with Lady Death Thing. Does not tell you if they died. He literally just kind of... He's gone. You don't know if he just teleported himself out of there. He flew away. He just ran away. Or he killed everybody and left. Does not say. But before we get to that, Thanos finally makes it back to his home, the Black Quadrant. And he's just going to have to figure this out himself. How to not die, really. You know, he's thinking he's immortal. He's a god. Well, he's not. He's mortal, he's dying, and he does not have much time left. And with each fight, he's dying more and more. He's growing weaker and weaker. Weaker and weaker. He's expending all of his energy. He shows up to the Black Quadrant, to his kingdom, which has just been flattened. Everybody there is dead. Every structure is crumbled to the ground. There's nothing there. It's destruction everywhere. And that's when you see Thane again. It's just Thane and Lady Death. And Lady Death's just telling Thane, do it, do it, do it. And Thane just strikes Thanos down. And he's gone. Now, Lady Death said he's gone, but he's not dead. But Thane's like, that's okay, because I want him to feel how I felt. You know, he's banished him to, like, an outer planet rim. He's going to die anyways. Let him live out his life scrounging for food and trying to survive. And Thane sits in the in, in the throne that is the only thing standing in this rubble and pretty much is like, now it's my turn to... It is my rule you know, now. Now I have all this power. Now it's time to use it. And uh, right. that is exactly where that story ends. That is issue one of Thanos. Wait. That was... Well, volume one. Okay. I was like, wait, wait, hold on. Hold yeah, on. All that was in one, one issue? Story. That's a one issue. Yeah. Volume one. Yo, how many panels were there in one issue? Was the issue like 
I, I can't show it, how it thick was, it was. It was printed on uh, 36 by 42 inch paper. Alright. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys have any questions or comments or concerns, but now would be the time to ask them. We'll wait. Uh, oh, that was a very good question. Um, see, what had happened was Michael came up to me one day and was just like, hey, we should do a podcast. And I said, that sounds like a great idea. And he was like, all right, what do we want to do the podcast on? And I'm like, well, Logan's coming out soon. Let's do a podcast on Wolverine to start things off. And so we just... Decide, let's, let's do this. You know, I'll read one story, he reads the other. I was going to read Old Man Logan, and he was going to read something X-Men related, and they were going to take notes. Well, Logan comes out, six months goes by, no notes have ever been taken, none of the equipment that we need for the podcast had ever been bought, and it was just kind of like a whole back and forth of like, well, I'm not going to take the notes until you buy the stuff. He's like, well, I'm not going to buy the stuff until you take the notes. And it was just a total... Uh, Snowbomb, I guess you could say, of stuff. Eventually, I bought the stuff and we came up with the notes. Yeah, eventually, he bought the microphone and I was like, good, now I can take notes and we can start this podcast. Okay, well, I guess if we're talking about how, th- if this is going to be like the origin issue episode, uh, <laughs> I might as well just say this. Uh, for those of you who haven't figured it out, at any point in listening to this podcast, uh, George and I are cousins. Um, and the voice that you constantly hear in the back is his fiance. So, there. There's your answers. Any noise that you hear throughout any podcast, any background noise. It's definitely me. Yeah, it is her. Say hi. Hi. All right. Well, All right, well, you can go ahead and get on with your, with your notes now, my friend. All right. Well, for the Jesus notes from now on, um, if you want an elongated version, again, you can purchase it on uh, the website with in the same section as the podcast. Now, I just do want to add this. All right, I made sure to tell Michael that all of the money that we received from these notes is not to support his horrible drug and alcohol problem. All right. <laughs> The non-existent alcohol and drug problem. No, but in all seriousness, all the money that is from the podcast goes to the podcast. So really, the more you support us, the better the content we can put out. The better the products we can get for you to hear better uh, podcasts, more time dedicated to the podcast. Every little bit of support is helpful for us so that we don't have to rush at the end of the week to come up with something amazing for you guys. Cause Even though we do it every week except for that one week. Well, that wasn't that, our fault. That was the fact that you had medical problems. That was George's fault. Yeah, that was my fault. <laughs> it was a sentient kidney stone fault. sentient kidney stone's fault. Yeah, that was it. If, All you, right. if you want to get that joke, buy the book of The Way of the Weird. Yeah, it's in there. Alright, so, Flashpoint, Batman. Um, as you know, uh, what happened with Thomas Wayne being Batman and all that, um, what you see is him 
giving into despair and sadness, but not giving into fear. In fact, he uses the fear in order to um, win against his enemies. John, First John 4.18 says, There was no fear in love, but perfect love drives out all fear, because fear has to do with punishment. One who fears is not made perfect in love. And the reason why that is so powerful in the story is the fact that every time you see Thomas Wayne Batman about to lose a battle, he has a flashback of the day he lost his son, the day he lost the two loves of his life, and he doesn't let that deter him from his goal. In fact, it drives him to be able to be a better Batman and win the battle that he's fighting. Um... We go through that, and you see that. At the end of the story, what you see is the fact that he knows about Barry Allen. Remember, we talked about that. And he knows about that world. He knows this war happening in the Flashpoint universe is going to bring this world to an end. And he doesn't let that stop him. In fact, it drives him to have hope at the end. Like Job 7.6, my days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and they come to an end without hope. But he refuses to give up hope. And you see that. The idea that the world is coming to an end without hope was unthinkable to him. And because of Barry Allen the Flash, he was able to win. And winner, winner, chicken dinner. Exactly. As eating sardines and beans for dinner. You wish. Sardines are gross. <laughs> you uh, wish. You ever eaten a sardine? This is how salty <laughs> those things are. I love salt. <laughs> Anyways. I'm just trying to keep it over here. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'll wait till you're done. <laughs> All right. So my bad. I'll stop. stop. Okay. So as for Dead Man and the Flying Graysons, this is the verse I have. Psalm 33, 20. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. This is the verse that most closely relates to the outcome of the story. For even after death, Boston Brand, the dead man, stays with Dick as his um, guardian angel in a way. And you see that. There's this whole idea in the story of family, and they refuse to give up hope in each other, and they fight. And it's like they have a shield surrounding them, keeping them safe. Of course, at the end, they all die, but Dick survives this, thanks to Boston Brand. Throughout that story, you constantly get the sense of hope, even during the war between the Amazons and the Atlanteans coming in. Anyways, you you constantly get that sense of hope throughout it. And if you want to learn more of what I say throughout this whole thing, because this podcast is not capable of holding every single piece of work that I've put into the notes to show who Jesus is. If you want to learn more, please pick up the uh, Jesus notes because you'll learn even more than I'm able to hold in here. 
but also we're not going to be restricting any content from it. It's no. just Michael, when he writes the notes for these, sometimes they turn out to be pages and pages and pages. And we don't want to have a comic book podcast that talks about comic books for about 30 minutes and then Michael talking about the connection between Jesus and comic books for an hour and 30 minutes because I know he can and I've seen him do it and we've had episodes of Michael talking for about an hour and 30 minutes that we were like, we cannot put this out there because I'm falling asleep. And I love the connection between Jesus and the comics so much that I want to give you more. Unfortunately, due to the podcast time restrictions, I am unable to give you as much as I want to give you. So that's it for the Jesus notes on the podcast, but it's not even close to done. <laughs> You'll, it's about three pages right now. And he's going to add more. I'm going to add more. He's going to be more. All right. So, again, you can pick up all that stuff on the website, mb-3d.com forward slash agent-blue. It's within the podcast, so you're not going to have to, like, search or try to figure out where it is. It's the podcast, and literally right below it is the stuff we are giving to you. Keep it nice and simple, real easy. Everything's categorized within itself. But... Uh, that's all we have for today. We had Flashpoint Batman, we had Thanos, and a lot of background information. All right, so from us here at Agent Blue, I'm George Green. I'm Michael Bonanno III, and peace. peace.